Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoy the message. So let me start up this series that, that was on my heart in March. Um, it's been in my heart for the past couple of months, but I got to finally do it tonight because of you know the conference that I didn't get the opportunity to actually study what I had to study and get myself prepared for this. It's going to be a three-week series, and I do have a guest speaker at the end of this month, so be in tune for that. Does anybody know who it is? Did I tell anybody? You're still Peyton, bro. Oh, my gosh. No. Amen. <laughs> it's Jesus. Um, so, well, I'm not going it, to. It's Zane. Has anyone met Zane before? Really? Tall dude with, with beard? Yeah, that's Zane. Zane's the bald-headed guy with the beard. He, uh, he was at, if you were at the Freedom Conference, and even before that when we had our CLC takeover, he was here. He is, he looks intimidating, but he's the biggest teddy bear, man. He's the biggest teddy bear. And he, he loves his word. He's really good at preaching the word of God. So I'm excited for him to talk about, you know, dry seasons and stuff like that. Uh, once he comes in the third week. But that's what, that's what these three weeks is about, is talking about dry seasons. And how many of y'all have been in a dry season before in your life? I'm going to explain it. Give me a second. I'm going to explain it. So if you don't know what dry seasons are, you probably didn't grow up in church, but that's okay because we just know lingo in the church. But, but dry seasons mean that God feels distant or God feels like he's not close. Or you feel like everything in your life is going wrong. That's what a dry season feels like, and that's what the experience is. And growing up in church, I think church kids experience it more than most because you've been in church this whole time, and sometimes it can cause a spiritual slumber. It can cause you to spiritually sleep. And and you can get so used to the same services. You can get used to the same, I know when worship starts. I know when the pastor comes up to pray. Then I know when the pastor is going to preach. He's going to preach for 30 minutes. And then we're going to, he's going to pray for an altar call. And then we know the whole list of it. And some of us also serve. But, but one of the things I learned in my life as, as growing up in church, since I've been in diapers, I've learned that, that I've been through a lot of dry seasons and, and there's different kinds. There's not just one dry season. There's, there's different effects to what a dry season does. And I'm going to talk about that for the next two weeks. And then Zane's going to come in clutch for the third week. Um, one of the, one of the things I want to, I want to, I want to talk to you for a quick second before I start my message is this message is about, is about obviously a dry season, but not the way that you think. For some of us in here, a dry place is not caused by God putting us in a dry place. Because sometimes God puts us in dry seasons. And I'm going to talk about that more in my message. But one of the things that I think causes dry seasons the most, these are the two biggest things that it causes. And this is not to shame, and this is not to condemn anybody. I can tell you because I've identified it in my own life. Dry seasons can sometimes be caused by not, not just sinning, but living in it. Because there's a difference between living in it and struggling with it. Living in sin causes dry seasons. Also, your lack of surrender causes dry seasons, which means your lack of commitment to God. That can cause dry seasons. Because it's funny because James Monte is sitting right there. We talked the other day about 
the will of God. And the will of God is really just us submitting to what he wants for our life and what he wants to do in our life. That's the will of God, me fully commit, fully committing and having my commitment towards him. So those two types of things. And that's not to tell you that you're horrible or you're the scum of the earth. You're not. But, but, but I want you to identify because if it's, because if I preach this message, it won't make sense because it might be that you are living in sin or your lack of commitment or surrender to God might be very mundane. So I want to tell you that to where you can identify it and you can bring it to God so that you can get back into a season where you can experience God on a deeper, on, on a good, in a good way. But for some of us in here who pursue the Lord, we read our word, we, we do everything that the Lord tells us to do, and then we hit a dry season. And you ask yourself, I have been, I have been commitment, I've been committed, I've been doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but all of a sudden, it feels like God is distant. feels like God is not as close as I thought he was. I feel, I feel like I can't feel his presence. Have you ever experienced that? Don't you dare lie to me in church. Have y'all experienced that? Where I've experienced where it's like his presence isn't tangible anymore. And those seasons in my life, I thought were bad. I thought they were horrible. But I want to read this to you from Exodus 7, and it brings me joy to read it because it helps me understand why God puts us in dry seasons. Exodus 7, verses 14 through 16, it says this in verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes out to the river. Confront him on the bank of the Nile and take in your hand the staff that changed into the snake. Verse 16. Then say to him, the Lord, the God of Hebrews, has sent me to say to you, let my people go, watch this, so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now, you have not listened. Catch that phrase. So that they may worship me in the wilderness. Did some of y'all catch that? Yeah. So that you may worship me in the promised land? Mm-mm. You worship me in the, in the good times? Mm-mm. So that you may worship me from a deeper place from a place that doesn't seem common. I want you to worship me in the wilderness. And that got me thinking, why would God not let them worship? Why didn't they just go to the promised land already? Why did he say they have to worship him in the wilderness? And I want to encourage you with this because I want, I want to do a recap before I give my title. The Israelites, God's chosen people, have been in slavery for 430 years. That's a lot. Some of them didn't even get to see their freedom. Some of, a lot of them passed away. That's a lot. That's a lot of years. I know they lived on to be hundreds of years old, but some of them died because of the exhaustion of slavery. And the funny thing is, is that if you look at the 430, 30 years of that, they were only taken care of by the Roman Empire, uh, not the Roman Empire, the Egyptians. They were given food, shelter, comfort for 30 years. Then for 400 years, they were legitimately enslaved. And that's what sin does. It's a side note, but it will cause you to be comfortable for 30 years and then let you be enslaved for 400. That's what it does in your life. It causes a lot of comfort, but the 
The enemy is good at showing you the benefit of it, but he doesn't show you the expenses. He doesn't show you the places in your life where it's actually going to cause damage. And even though, even though people are like, stop living in sin or you're going to go to hell. No, no, no. I, I tell you, I, that's true. That's, there's a truth to that. But the other truth is that sin damages you right now, not later. It damages you also right now. And so when it comes to, when it comes to those things the Israelites were going through that they were in comfort and had food to eat, they had the best fish. I mean, the Egyptians were some of the biggest empires in that time in the Old Testament. And they were just living their life and just being comfortable until they got really enslaved and started working for the Egyptians. And that's how they couldn't get out. I lost my spot. There it is. And now God is sending Moses to Pharaoh to help the Israelites, set the Israelites free. Scripture shows us that there's a reason why God wants to set the Israelites free. He wants them to go to the wilderness. But why? I never really understood why until I read that last verse where it says, put up 16, Elijah, put up verse 16, so that they may worship me in the wilderness, so that they may worship me. The title of my message is that is the title, He's in the Wilderness. He's in the wilderness. In the places where you think God's not, He's closer than you think in a dry season. The funny thing is, is that he brought them to the wilderness to worship him. In in our lives, in dry seasons, when we don't feel God, there's two things that can happen in a dry season. The first one does this. It gets you, it tells you to depend on God a lot more. Because if you were in the promised land, you wouldn't worship God because everything was fine. But it took the dry place, the dry season, for them to worship him on a deeper level. Because sometimes God takes you into those dry places because of how complacent you've become. But he also brings us into dry places, not just to get us out of complacency, but to get us to worship him on a deeper level, a more personal level. And that's what I've learned in my dry seasons, is that God has taught me to worship him deeper. But... But God was taking the Israelites into the wilderness, a dry place, so that they can worship him. And like I said from before, wouldn't it make more sense that God would bring his people directly into the promised land so that he can worship him there? But God knew something. God knew something in that time. And I want to pose this question. Let me read my question again because I don't want to mess this up. I want to read this again. Okay. Question. What if the dry place is actually not a hindrance from God, but actually an opportunity to get to know him even deeper than you did from before? What if your dry season is actually causing you to give you access to what God's really trying to show you that you couldn't see when you were comfortable? What if that's the case? I'm just posing the question, and you can ask yourself that. What if that dry season is met for me to get closer to God? And it is, I've experienced it, but for some of us, it doesn't do that. Dry seasons sometimes can cause more damage than good based off of the decisions that we make while we're in it. And one of the things, one of the decisions that I can tell you right now, the two scenarios you can go down from, a dry season can teach you how to get closer to God from a deeper place, 
or it can cause you to derail and believe some of the lies that the enemy tells you while you're in that dry season. It can cause a lot of deception if you don't believe it. One of my dry seasons, as a little side story, one of my dry seasons I went through, it caused a lot of damage. What it did was that it caused a lot of cynical thinking. And now you're probably thinking, Jacob, you don't look like you think cynically. You don't look mean or whatever. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I'll hug you, and I don't even know who you are. I'll hug you, and you're a nice guy. But that's a lot of, and I want to be honest with you, a lot of it comes from the Spirit of God. It comes from the Holy Spirit dwelling within me. But there's another part of me, and there's another part of you too. Don't tell me you don't have another part of you. You have another part of you. And one of the things that I had that I deal with is cynical thinking. That's what I deal with, and self-pity. I deal with that a lot. No, you look strong. You look like a strong man. You don't look like you self-pity yourself, buddy. But I do. And I do have those self-pitticizing moments that was caused from the dry season because I believed the lies that the enemy was telling me while I was in that season. What it caused me to do is that it caused a lot of... It caused me to easily not just... Uh, think bad about others, but it caused me to think bad and cynical about myself, which caused a lot of condemnation and shame because you can easily put yourself to shame. The devil doesn't really have to do anything. Sometimes it's just us talking ourselves down to the point where we're just, we're not, we're not enough. We're not this. We're not that. Why does, I don't think God really loves me. We're very, I'm very distant from him. The lies of the enemy can come into your life when you're in a dry season and it'll cause you to do those things to yourself. And that's what it did to me. That's what it did to me. It's very, and I'm going to be honest, it's easy to think bad about people. It's easy. It's easy. It's like, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world. But it's a lot easier. I'm going to tell you right now, it's literally the easiest difficulty in a video game. It's the easiest thing to talk bad about yourself, to yourself. And it's and this is not some self-awareness, self-care thing. I believe that God has, has chosen all of you in here. And I heard a pastor say this one time from another pastor told him this. And I want to tell you this as well because I believe this. God's hand is on you. God's hand is on your life, but you can't have God's hand on your life if you're rejecting his hand, especially in a dry season. In a dry season, it doesn't feel like God's hand's on you, but what's more important, that God's hand's not just on you, God's hand's around you. It's around you in the dry season, but you can't see that because God wants you to go beyond how you feel. See, feelings can deceive you. Feelings can disrupt what God's trying to do. They're good. God gave them to you, but he gave them to you. He didn't give your, your, let me rephrase this. Let me say this right. You have your emotions. You can't let your emotions have you. That's the difference. Because if you let your emotions have you, like I, I saw it on a, on a, on a scale when I was reading an article about emotions. They said if we based every decision off of an emotional response, there would be war more war, more poverty. It like the world would go to ruckus if we decided everything on basis of how we felt. And it's and even though that's extreme, that can go for some little decisions in our life. What why would I base my dis- life a life-changing decision off of an emotional response? 
Why would I base it off of that? And the dry season can do that sometimes. The dry season can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. It can cause you to get closer to God, which is a good thing. But it can also drive you away because you believe the lies the enemy tells you. That's the bad thing. And for, I don't know who, who is in a dry season. You don't have to expose yourself. But, but if you're in a dry season, I want to encourage you with this statement. That, that I've realized from, from Exodus 7 when, G, when the Lord said that they may worship me in the wilderness. I want to say this phrase is going to pop up on the screen. If you're in a dry place, you're in the right place. If you're in a dry place, you are in the right place. Because that's where God puts you. God puts you in that dry season. Why? To teach you to worship him in a deeper level. To worship him on a deeper scale than what you usually do. Because God wants, like we want more of God, God wants more of us. We want more of you, Lord, more of you. But the Lord's asking me, where are you? I want, I want you. I, I want to see you. I want, you're my child. Where, where are you? We have to learn. We have to learn to give ourselves more to God as we get sanctified through our life more than he gives to us. There's nothing wrong. I can tell you right now, nothing is wrong that God gives you a lot. God is willing to bless you beyond what you deserve. I've, I've experienced that in my own life. I can tell you that right now. God's willing to bless you more than you deserve. But I can tell you something right now, and he was challenging me with this. If I put you in a dry season, the Lord says, can you give me more of you? It was a challenge God gave me in my last dry season that I was in. He said, can I have a little bit more? Because for some of us, it comes back to that lack of surrender. Can I have a little bit more? Can I have, can I have more of, of what you have? Because I've always made this analogy. God doesn't want just half of, half of a slice of bread. He wants the whole loaf of bread. He wants all of you. And if he can't have all of you, then what's the point? Because God's willing to give everything for you. He did. He gave away his perfect child for you because he cares and he loves you. And he wants to see you live a holy life, a purifying life, a beneficial life. Not just a beneficial life of convenience, but a blessing that comes from within. That's what he wants for you. But you can't have that when you're like, God, here's a loaf of bread. That's all you get. There you go. That's all you get. Dry seasons taught me to give him everything. Because if I would learn to worship him from just the promised land, I wouldn't worship him because everything would be okay. But God uses hard seasons for us to trust him more. That's what it causes. That's what it's supposed to be there for. It's caused for you to get closer and to worship him from a deeper place. Sweating. It's, it's from a deeper place. It's not just from a surface level thing. And we do that a lot. We do that a lot. We'll worship from a place where it's just light and it's on the surface. But God's calling us to worship from a deeper meaning, a deeper place. When we choose to get close to God, 
We will come close. He will come close to us, even when it seems like he's a million miles away. Like the Israelites, even when we walk through dry places, we can choose to make this a time when we worship God and get closer to him. You have to bypass the feeling in order to experience God, not on, a, on an emotional reaction. It's great. The tangible presence of God is great. The, the tangible presence of God is what sometimes keeps me going. I need that. But there comes a time where it's like, will you worship me even though you don't feel me? Will you worship me even when you can't sense my presence and it's not a sweet and tender moment? Can you worship me from a place where you're in, in a, in a suffering place? Because when you worship him from a suffering place, there's a greater strength that you intake when you do that. He's calling you if you're in a dry season. It's not a bad place. It's the right place. You're in the right place right now if you're in a dry season. Most of my life, like I said, I've been through a lot of dry seasons. But the one I went through two years ago, it was when I was in, I just started going to Bible college and it was my first year. Because I've been through a lot of a lot of dry seasons, dry seasons when I was living in sin, or if I wasn't living to the commitment that I'm that I was supposed to, I wasn't living in full surrender. But there were dry seasons when I was when I was pursuing God, I was praising God, all this stuff, I was doing the Christian stuff that I was supposed to do. But it wasn't until I got into the dry season and God was like, "This is my signal for you to go deeper with me." That was the signal. And once that happened. In school, it, it took me three months to realize that I just had to worship God deeper. And once I started doing that, I was in, I was in my apartment one time when I was living at, uh, at the, at the college and, and I was sitting there and I was trying, I was, I was mad because I was in a dry season and I couldn't feel God like I used to. I want you to understand that when you're in a dry place, it's okay to be frustrated with God about it. Because he can handle whatever you're trying to put out to him. You don't have to think that, that you have to pray this majestic prayer and think that God doesn't know how you're feeling in that moment. Cause he can, he can see, you, you know how, like, like I've, I read this article one time and someone said, like for the youth, like the youth can smell a phony from like a mile away. God can do the same. Oh, it went off. God can do the same thing. God can, can realize a phony from a, a step away. Like this. Oh, see how close that is? God can see it. But one of the things is, is that he's willing. He said, I know how you're feeling. Just tell me anyway. Just say it. And I had to do that. I said, God, where are you? That was the first thing. I wasn't, I wasn't just mad. I wasn't in this, just this frustration. But I broke down because I'm like, you weren't where you used to be. You used to be in my heart. You used to be in my life. You used to be tangible, but now I can't grab you no more. Where are you? I had to ask him that. And the craziest thing was that as he just said, he just said, come to me in the deep place. Worship me in the deep place. That's all I heard in my head was worship me from a deep place. And that's when Exodus 7 spoke to me Three years ago, when I was in that dry season, and he said, so that they can worship me in the wilderness.
And as I did it, I was like, okay, whatever. I was still, I was broken yet pissed. I was, I was so out of it. And as I sat there and I was trying to worship God, the moment, I'm going to tell you all this, when I worshiped him from a deep place and the presence of God, the tangible one that we, I talked about, rushed over me that night because I worshiped him from a place that I didn't usually worship from, personally, devotedly, like devoted worship. That's where I found myself getting out of the dry place. It was a breakthrough. For some of us, it might be living in sin. That might be the reason why your dry season's longer than usual. It might be the lack of commitment. But for some of us, we have committed to God so much and now, now there's no, there's no tangible presence. There's no nothing there. There's no goodness going in your life. And you're thinking, this must be a joke. I've said, I've told God plenty of times. I've said, God, this is a joke. I have tried to get in your presence countless times and you still don't show up. That's real. That's not just saying, Oh God, whenever your presence comes, just come. You're, I'm always available. No. God, this feels like a joke. But that's when God's like, now I've got you. Now I've got you. Now you're being honest with me because I see how you really feel. Now let me show you what I know. Let me show you what a deep worship looks like. And so he revealed it to me. And when I did it, the presence of God was so tangible in the place I was in. I was by myself, and I was afraid someone was going to walk in. I thought somebody was going to die walking into the presence of God. It was so thick when I was when I was in it. But but the dry place comes from worshiping deeper. God called the Israelites to the wilderness to worship Him. He could have easily said the promised land because that's where we want to be. That's where it's comfortable. That's where all of the stuff is met in our life. And we're going to get there. But before we can worship God in the promised land, I need to worship Him in the wilderness. That's where the dry season comes in. And if you're in here dealing with a dry season, like I just, I'm just not into it. When I read my word, I get so distracted. When I pray, someone's always trying to text me and I can't really get distractions out of my head. When I worship, it just, I feel like I can't do it. Like I feel so dry. The way God wants you to do it is to worship him from a deeper place. I can't stress that enough because we're always, because sometimes it's not your behavior because you've been pursuing God. Maybe it's not the sin you're dealing with because you're only struggling with it. You're trying to be sanctified. But when it comes to a season where you've been committed and now you can't, you can't live without the presence of God and you can't experience it, there's a deeper level for you with God. Dry seasons are caused for you to go deeper in your relationship with God. That's all it is. And a lot of us hate it. I used to hate dry seasons. They sucked. I hated them. Look to your neighbor and say, that sucked. Look to your other neighbor and say, that really sucked. (laughs) You can't say sucked. Yes, I did. I said sucked. But, (laughs) But 
the re- it sucks in the moment. It does. But I'm going to tell you something right now. You know, pay attention. I want you all to get this. It's going to suck in the moment. But as you continue to do what I just told you, what God has shown me, dry seasons are some of the most beneficial seasons I have ever been in my life. Not because it was great. Not because it was tropical. But because I got deeper in my relationship with God. And that's what I really needed. A a blessing season, great. A a visionary season where I have visions for this season, what I want to do, that's great too. God benefiting and providing for me in in a providing season, that's incredible. But the best season, God only wants you to go deeper with Him. That's why He throws dry seasons. But like I said, dry seasons can cause you to get better, but it can also cause you to believe lies while you're in it. And I want to end on that note because I want to deal with that tonight. Some of you have been believing lies while you've been in this dry season of your life. Because now that they are lies, they have become truths. They were lies in the beginning, but now they have become truths in the end. I believed the lie of everything bad happens in my life. Just people just don't care. People just are out to get me. All this stuff. And then it became the truth. Because now I started to see it because I was creating a verdict of vict- of, of being a victim of it. And what it causes me to do is to think cynically and have self-pity. But I want you to understand this. Don't don't downplay somebody when they're in a petty moment. I wouldn't do that. Because you have your petty stuff too. We all have our petty stuff. So I can't downplay somebody when they're having a petty moment. Because we all do. We all do. We just... And, and you, the funny thing is, is that we think it's always... Like, for example, how many of you know... How many of you think that it's just a girl stereotype to be petty? How many of y'all think that? Okay, just one. Re- the realest in here. <laughs> so, so I said, raise your hand if you think it's a it's a girl stereotype that they are the only ones that get petty. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me explain this. I think men are ten times pettier than women. You want to know why? You want to know why? I'm gonna tell you why. I think I've said this. <laughs> I've said this before. I think I might have said this before. Girls. When girl, when like for example, emotional stuff, the girls in the Bible would would cry, but men in the Bible, Samson killed. Who's more emotional? Who's the more emotional one? He killed. The ladies cried. He murdered people when he was angry. When Peter was when Peter had an an, uh, an angry upbringing, he cut off a man's ear. Who's more emotional? Who's more emotional? <laughs> There is a, listen, listen, we all have our petty stuff. That's why the generalizing things and thinking, oh, they do it more than this. We have our own petty stuff we deal with that we all have. But it's until we start to realize, like I said, the lies that we believe that the enemy tells us while we're in it. I'm going to be vulnerable in this pit. I don't know. I feel a little bold tonight because I have a, this is a really personal message. So I'm going to be a little bit more bolder tonight. There have been a lot of lies that I believed in my job at being a youth pastor. 
And one of the lies I believe, because listen, I make a lot of mistakes. I can tell you, I've probably been talked to by Pastor Brandon more, probably past my hands. Like I've been talked to a good bit, but Pastor Brandon is very gracious. He, he, he does care about my growth. But one of the things that I, I got vulnerable with him one time and, and I told him, I said, I said, because I had made a mistake and I said, I'm going to be honest. Can I, can I tell you something? He's like, yeah, yeah, you can tell me. So I said, I said, one of the, when we get in a meeting like this, I told him, I said, there's two lies I believe. And it's my cynical thinking. Like I said, it comes from a dry season. So that one of my cynical thoughts was, I'm going to lose this job. But it was a lie because I'm called. And when you're called, it doesn't drop you off the river and just, God's like, oh, I'm done with you. It's over. You messed up with, with business stuff. You're done. You're not called to ministry. That's what I believe. I thought I was going to lose my job. And the other lie I believed was that the only time I met up with him was because of something that I did wrong. And I knew it was a lie, but I started to believe it. And I felt like an, I felt like an idiot afterwards because I was like, why am I believing something that's not even true? But Pastor Brennan had to encourage me. And he said, and he said, Bubba, that's a lie from the enemy. The enemy just throws those things in your head because that's not true. And he, he said, you're not losing this job. You're not going to lose it. He said, he said, remember when you told me you were called? I said, yeah. He said, he said, if you're called, why would God throw you out? And I was like, I was like, God's not going to throw me out. He said, yeah, unless he tells you to go somewhere else or whatever. Like, God's not going to throw you out. Don't think that this is a stopping point for you to just, like, you're going to quit. Like, I told him, I said, I don't want to lose my job because of not keeping my receipts or something like that. Like, I didn't want to lose my job because of that. But he encouraged me, and he said, he said, you might be be a little bit workable in some areas. But he said, Jacob, I've seen you do stuff in ministry that 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 some pastors it has they have a hard time doing that he was telling me about the connections i had with y'all and, and the stuff we've been doing he told me don't give up on that don't let the enemy give you lies in those places and all of that came from cynical thinking from a dry season and i believed certain things so i want to encourage you tonight if you're in a dry season Push towards God and worship Him from a deep place. Because a lot of times what it will do, because a dry place is, a, is the right place. You're in the right place. But it's your decision on how you're going to make it. God is willing to give you the grace to push out the path. You have to walk it. You have to walk the path. Because as God can bless you and get deeper with you and, and get closer with you, so can the devil give so many lies to you it's the same it's the same it's the same lane of stuff but it's what you choose because God wants you to choose him he's never going to force you into a place where you don't want to he wants you to choose him he chose you but are you going to choose him that's the question dry places come from god but they can lead to bad places if we don't handle it properly because he's given it to us. God says, I give you, I've given you this dry place so that you can worship me. Don't let it be the place where you drown in lies from the enemy to where you lose your, your faith and you lose your will of joy. You lose your will to want. You lose that.
That's really loud, bro. Don't shake. Thank you. Just a distraction. Shh. Just a distraction. If God, if God wanted you to drop off the face of the earth, wouldn't he have done it by now? Don't re, don't forget that God has called you and God has put you in a place and God's hands on you. Because, because what will happen is that God's hands not on off of you. You just believe it is. It's believing. It's trusting a, a, a lie that becomes the truth. Dry seasons do that. They do that a lot of the times. So the question as I, as I close this, the question is, is that what does your life look like right now? This may be a time when it seems like everything is going wrong or God's a long way off, but, but I want you to know this. This is the opportunity for you to grow in your relationship with him even more. Even though God feels absent in your feelings, he's actually closer to you than you think by faith. He's closer to you than you think that you, the Bible says that he's closer than our breath. First off, that's weird at first, right? It's weird. Why are you closer than my breath? But, but it's a beautiful poetic picture of God's close to us, closer than any other human being will ever encounter. But, but the dry place, dry places, I believe God's closer in dry places than in great places. I think he's closer in dry places because I've learned to grow deeper and deeper in those areas of my life. And that's what I want you to know tonight is that your path in your dry season is going to be closer with God or believing lies and becoming more dysfunctional because the enemy is giving you lies. Which one will you choose? It's your choice. God has given you the path. He's calling you to walk it. They, God says, I'm going to send you to the wilderness so that you may worship me. I'm sending you there not to harm you. That's not his intention. Not to demotivate you, not to think that you're the lowest of the low, but to call you deeper with me. That's what the dry season's for, is to call you deeper with me. It's to call you to a deeper place. With every head bowed and every eye closed as I close tonight. Some of you are in a dry place. But I want to make this quick because because I want to respect you guys' time, but I want to take it personal as well. If you're in a dry season, I want to encourage you with this, with this word of affirmation from God. You're in the right place right now. You're in a place where God's going to mold you and develop you. But at the same time, it's also an opportunity for the enemy to destroy you and feed your lies. Which path will you take? The lie of the enemy is that God's distant. Everything's going wrong in my life. God doesn't care what I'm going through. All this stuff. But on the other side, God's like, I'm right there with you. Go deeper with me. Go deeper with me as I call you to this dry place. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're someone in here that's dealing with a dry season and you want 
to worship God from a deeper place. And you're tired of believing lies of the enemy. You're tired of believing things because we don't just believe it. Some of us have agreed to it. And I want us to break agreements and beliefs with the enemy about lies that we've told ourselves and what people have told us. If that's you, if you're, in a, if you're in a dry place right now and you need to go deeper with God, or if you've been believing lies of the enemy that you need to break off your life right now, I want you to raise your hand. I see the two hands in the back. I see your hand in the front. Another hand. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your hand lifted so I can see your hand. Thank you, Lord. This is bold. You're not, this is not humiliation. You are showing God, Lord, I need you in this season of my life. This is good. You can throw your hand back down. Father, I pray over every single person that lifted their hand that needs to worship you deeper and also the lies they've believed. Lord, we break every deception. Lord, we break every, every whisper of the enemy. Lord, your word says that he is the father of lies. Lord, that he is so deceptive. But Lord, we know we have you within our hearts. So Lord, we cast every lie that the enemy has spoken over us tonight. Lord, we pray that even though they're in a dry season, Lord, we pray that we go deeper with you to the people that lifted their hands. Lord, I pray that they go deeper with you this week. Lord, that they start to understand that Lord, it's not just based off of a feeling, Lord. They, they want to worship from a personal place, a deeper place. Lord, not from a place of your good, but a place of where they need you in this time and in this season of their life. Lord, we pray, I pray, I pray truth. I pray clarity. I pray, I pray, I pray a sound mind a sound mind of truth, a clear mind of truth over every lie, over every, every piece of lies that the enemy has put within their, their, this machine we call a brain, we cast it down. Every lie that has been spoken. Lord, we don't just pray for the lies that have been spoken over us, but Lord, we pray for the lies that we've sometimes spoken over ourselves the stuff we've spoken over ourselves. Father, we ask, Lord, that you reveal to us the truth of who we are in you. Because, Lord, we're more than conquerors. We're children of God. Your word says we are from you and we have over, you have overcome them. Lord, your scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Lord, your scripture in that says that we are from you and have overcome them. And Lord, we know that you are within us. And if you're greater within us, Lord, we know that we are victorious in the lies that we are trembling down. We place our lies at the feet of your son, Jesus. We place deception at the feet. you Jesus for your your company being able to be here and show us that the lies we've believed are not true God's saying it's not true Lord you're looking at us like who told you that that's not true who told you that God 
God wants you to know that He He loves you, but He laughs a little bit because He He's shocked to see what you believed, and He wants you to know that no, that's not true. Let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you who you really are. These are this is what you are. You're not like that. No, no, no. This is who you are. And who are you? I'm a child of God. I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm a holy nation. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the sons and daughters of God, not the scum of the earth. Lord, thank you for revealing the truths of who we are in these dry seasons. I pray that our identity is more revealed to us every day, not just on a Wednesday, but Lord, every day of our life. Lord, we thank you for your revelations. We thank you for your, for your love and your compassion towards us. Because Lord, even though we make mistakes, Lord, you are willing and just to forgive and love us the same, that nothing can stop us from your love as we continue to commit to you. And even in this dry season, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you call us deeper in our faith with you, not just by our feelings, but by faith. Lord, we thank you for this. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you for all that you're doing in our life and what you're going to do. And Lord, we pray that you're with us this week as we continue our week as we continue for some of us in our dry season and some of the lies we might still believe, Lord, we pray that you help us reveal the truth to us every day, even though there are certain lies we believe. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Thank you for this revelation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.